episode 392 of Global From Asia podcast. We are getting into 2023 here and it's a great show talking about growth strategies in 2023, talking about listings and business and even a little bit of AI with Chris Rawlings. It's a really amazing interview. Let's do this. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. How is everybody doing today? Thank you so much for listening, watching, reading the transcript of globalfromasia.com. We're getting to 10 years, 10 years of this podcast. I remember when I was so scared to make an audio recording in October 2013 when this had started. We're approaching our fifth cross-border summit. Save the dates. November 16th and 17th here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. There's a lot of amazing other events happening around here at that time. We locked in a nice resort hotel, getting some good speakers. Chris actually has just confirmed he will be a speaker as well. It's going to be amazing. So definitely crossbordersummit.com. It's Tickets are not open yet. Actually, we're pretty comfortable. We're going to fill this one up. So we're going to be a little bit selective on this. It's just kind of building things up. We don't want to put too much pressure. So it's quality, 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 and, and just good, good times. So keep that in mind. Save the date. Get on our newsletter at Global From Asia to be the first to hear about it or join our membership at gfavip.com. All right, let's talk about this week's show. I've been on a roll. I think we got to do these maybe even weekly again, but we're trying to make these as valuable as possible. There's already other ones coming up. Today's Chris Rawlings, Sophie Society. This guy's dropping amazing knowledge on various channels and his podcasts or YouTube channels, and he does the same today. We've had him on the show a long, long time ago, and it's a pleasure to have him back. We talk a lot about different strategies for growing your Amazon or e-commerce business in general, his stories, his roller coasters, and his journeys talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. And also, we have some fun talking about AI at the end. I mean, he's studying it, I'm studying it. I think it's something we all need to be studying. Without further ado, globalformation.com, episode 392. And you can find this full show notes, links, etc., etc., at globalfromasia.com slash 2023growth. All right. Thanks for watching. Let's tune in. Are you looking for a cross-border logistics company from Asia to the East and the West? Then look no further. Cross-Better Logistics is a solution for you. From ocean shipping to air freight, from factory to 3PL warehouse, Amazon FBA, and Walmart... Cross Better Logistics is an experienced service provider for e-commerce sellers and B2B traders on TPS Trade. As a GFA partner level sponsor, let them know we sent you and they'll take care of you. Check them out at www.crossbetter.com today. All right. We have Chris Rollies back in the show. We were just catching up a little bit in the preview you know before we started recording and it's been <laughs> we've been through a lot it's been so many years since we but we're both making a lot of moves getting making things happen happy 2023 yep. i'm excited for this show yeah dude this is my first i think my first show i did one webinar but my first actual podcast in the new year so glad right. to ring it in with you old buddy yeah i mean we were on the show many years ago and 
We were talking yep. about your biking, biking and selling online and crossing countries and continents with a, and now you're doing amazing things at Sophie's Society. Can you fill us in a little bit about what's been happening lately? Yeah. Yeah. So last time we, we, we talked about me starting my first brand, quitting my desk job that tied me to a cubicle in New Jersey and moving to New Zealand, yeah. living off a motorcycle yeah for like the better part of a year while running my my first brand so that was kind of like you know the hardcore digital nomad phase and then so that brought me to then like getting really serious about personal growth and business building and actually like laying down real foundations because i mean i'm sure living over there in chiang mai mike you you and i have both come across the similar type of digital nomad characters where you just roam or they're never tied down. You can, you have total freedom. You can, no one answers to you. You do your work, you can go wherever you want. But for me, like that, that eventually got old. They're not old. It's a great lifestyle. But if you really want to build like something lasting, you have to have commitments, you know? So I learned that lesson. And so, yeah, I, I started Sophie Society, which is we, our primary goal is to use science and experimental philosophies to manage PPC for brands effectively and to increase conversion again with using like scientific principles. Uh, so because of that, we've come up with formulas and we've discovered strategies that even Amazon didn't know about. And we're an official Amazon ads partner. So Amazon would sometimes contact us and be like, Hey, we saw this YouTube video where you described this or that, you know, ad strategy. And, you know, we've never heard of this. So we wanted to know, is this like some hack or is this real? Like, so yeah, so we did that and I've been investing in brands, serving brands and growing brands, you know, since we, we recorded that first podcast years back. Great, Great dude. Yeah, we'll link we'll link that in the yeah. show notes for those who want to hear that. That was a fun one. And we are you and I are on the same page. Brands, right? Brands is everything, you know, growth, evergreen, cash flow, you know, and uh and it's really, you know, exciting to hear your growth and all these things you've been up to. And we're growing together, community's growing, everybody is totally. putting things together yeah. here to make it happen. It's isn't exciting. it crazy? You you like you you make friends in this industry, and then a couple of years down the line, this guy sold his pets brand for six hundred million. That guy sold his you know e commerce software for fifty million. This guy over here had a mid seven figure exit. That guy had a nine figure exit. It's like it's a space where like it's when when you meet people that like really execute, like you you'll talk to them a couple of years later and they're like filthy rich. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. The space we're in, like it's, we're in a space where like so many things are possible. Like I'm really grateful to be where we are. And I've had, I don't, I don't know if we when I think when we recorded this podcast, it was too early for me to have had this experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so. So another uh, update for me was I was growing at that time, a uh, product launch service and software called judo launch it was also yeah, a ppc yeah. software called ppc kaizen and uh, i had an epic failure with that company oh, and man. it was like absolutely identity crushing 
epic failure where we were growing like really, really fast from a revenue perspective, from a team, like number of employees perspective, from a not a margin perspective, because we were just dumping so much money back into growth. And, you know, we engaged with SOSV to, yeah, to raise funds. And I ended up taking investment from a partner or an investor that was not at all aligned with where we were going, but I was moving so quickly and I was too confident in my own abilities, I would say. Like, Mm. it's good to be confident in your abilities, but it's not good to be blind to the dangers or blind to the weaknesses. And my risk assessment was not not up to snuff. So even though we were healthy, we're growing quickly, our, our, our software and our service was in super high demand and we were getting really good feedback from the quality, I was recklessly growing the company and it ended up being taken over by that, that investor. And I've always wondered how this happens. Like you hear these stories like Steve Jobs kicked out of his own company or the, you know, you hear all these stories of founders getting kicked from their own company. The Uber founder too happened to. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, how does that happen? How do you start a company? How could someone kick you out of your own company? Well, it happened to me. <laughs> Actually happened to me. So now I know. And so I I lost that company completely. It it basically split. And those guys, that group had enough leverage with the different types of contracts that we had with them which is part of the reason they were able to do this takeover to create their own version of judo, which was the company I created. And I basically took my resources and the people that were loyal to me and started Sophie society. And that's God. how Sophie society began. Wow. Okay. So that's the story. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even realize until when you started, you know, talking about our industry that we hadn't covered that since the last time we talked, cause it was that long ago. Wow, thanks for sharing with us. I was curious. I think, yeah, when you were on the show, yeah. we were just kind of at the early launch stages of judo. And I remember I think so, yeah. We were making a new yeah, brand no, at the podcast yeah. and we were talking to your team. Our team was talking or our team members talking to your team. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, as part of growing though, you know, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people don't talk about I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that because most people just talk about the good, right? They don't, they cover up or never bring up the bad right. or the ugly. And so many, I think anybody yeah. to succeed has to hit that, right? Like to, to hit, uh, to hit the highs, we got to hit the lows. If, if, if you just stay in, you know, your comfort zone, right? You'll, you'll never grow. And unfortunately, that's you. true, dude. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I, I remember in 20, before we met in 2017, you know, I was living in San Francisco and I was, I was so desperately trying to get into like the venture funded world. Yeah. And, and I had this, this healthy, growing, profitable brand that was a seven figure brand. And I remember I was having a phone conversation with my dad and I just begin experimenting. Judo Launch wasn't even a company yet. I was just experimenting with the concept. Well, no, it was a company at that point, but it was early days. And my dad, I was telling my dad what my focus was on. And he goes, what portion of your time is spent on judo launch versus your brand? And I was like, probably 80% judo launch, 20% the brand. And he was like, and what portion of your like income, like that you're personally pulling in is coming from your judo launch versus your brand? And I was like, oh, it's like 90% the brand, maybe 90, 95% the brand and like 5% or less judo launch and he was like don't you think that that ratio is off yeah and and he was right but also 
I, I was making decisions based on the things I thought would make me uncomfortable. Like you just said, not in my comfort zone. I already felt like I, I could learn so much from this other world, this other like place, this other way of doing business. And I was really making decisions not to bring more money and bring more profit in, but to bring more growth in and bring yeah. more skills in and bring more experience in. And that is a risk. I mean, I could have just stuck with growing the brand, which was a formula that I had learned and known and, and worked and just kept doing more of what worked. And I think that is also a worthy path for people who are, who are dabbling into the branded space. But for me, and I think this, this would be really be my advice for like, especially younger people who are in their twenties, maybe early thirties or thirties, the, the skills, the experiences, the relationships that you get and the sort of protocols for business, the, the business protocols, the business mindset that you get to me, I feel like is more valuable at that stage of life than the money that you get from the businesses you start because it, it compounds as time goes on. But yeah. So, I love this, yeah. Man. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about the failures. No, it's great. And to second you, like, I, I think I was similar. I went through SOSP too. And, and a, I don't even know if I told you, it was like a Weibo API search tool that also <laughs> failed because the you know, building on APIs mm. is, uh, is dangerous to say the least. But Yeah, that's true. But I was similar. Like I was doing okay with my brands and e-commerce, but I kind of got, it kind of gets repetitive. You know, the one, like, you know, I think. Yeah. That's it. It's actually now that we're older, right? And more wise, we're like boring is is usually where you make the, the money, right? Money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of boring is money. This, That's so you true. You get this sexy, like, yeah. VC, you want to say you got investors and you have this software yeah. and you have yep, all this yep. growth, right? You said, but when when we're older Sounds now, cooler at a cocktail party, right? It's true. But, uh, right? doesn't make you more money. It's true. Yeah. Well, well uh, I'm really excited for today. You know, we were talking about... This is amazing. I mean, this is a show by itself that we've already talked about, but I do have yeah. some points about kind of the, some of your specialties and what you've been learning with, with your agency and your brand growth. And I'm curious to, to learn too. Also, we're going to share a little bit about some AI, you know, chat GPT taking over the internet. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're in 2023. We're recording this. It was come out in early February. And the thought is, it's really two two things like listing optimization. I know you work on a lot and PPC, PPC or you know traffic. So yeah. is that the formula? Is that is that the secret sauce here that we're talking about in growing brands? Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of like anywhere else on the internet. Like you need traffic to a thing, and then you need the thing to convert. It's really like that simple, and that's kind of like what all of internet economics is like what are better ways to get more traffic and what are better ways to get that traffic to convert whether you're building a funnel or you have an amazon listing or it's a landing page or a webinar whatever it is like everything on the internet is that right true so true. recognizing that like that's basically what me and my team like dove really really deep into is what are the best sources of traffic? What are the best ways to drive traffic? What are the best ways to get that traffic to convert on Amazon specifically? And so that that put us down the path of like, we engage with 
anywhere between 80 and 140, somewhere in that range, new brands per month. So we have a lot of kind of raw material to work with when it comes to putting out formulas for different types of content to see what converts better and different types of traffic to see what what works best or what's cheapest and or what converts the best. So yeah, it led us to create a formula for A plus content, for example, that's been spread all over the internet and it's been applied to over 10,000 listings. Yep. And now we've we've come out with another one for premium A plus content as well. Because that's that's kind of the new thing coming down the pike that brands are starting to get access to is premium A plus content. And we came up with that that seven part formula based on testing a bunch of different potential combinations of ways to structure A plus content to make it make it convert better. And we did the same thing with secondary images, you know, testing so many different paradigms of secondary images there's so many things you could do right a lifestyle image a benefits graphic a features graphic a cutaway a breakout a comparison table you know there's an x factor flourish graphic uh, in use graphic there's a whole long list but you only have you know those seven slots so it's based it's the science of putting together what sequence of images like quantitatively provides the highest conversion rate on the back end. And I think when you start to think of it scientifically like that, this is how I thought with my brand. And I was always A-B testing things um, and isolating variables and trying to get the uh, the formula down. And it never really is like complete, right? You could always like continue to update it. And I would relook at my listings every quarter and see what could be updated or what needed to be changed. And we recommend that to our brands too. But yeah, that's been our philosophy. Come up with a hypothesis for what would work, test it out on real in, in the wild, and then get the data back. So the way that we've we've been able to do this with actual data is we every single listing, no matter what we do to it, whether it's a brand that we have ownership in or it's a brand that's just paying us to do conversion or or PPC services to them, we record everything that's done on the brand. And we have this master database of every single project that's done. And at this point, we have over a thousand, I think between between 1,200 and 1,800 different like listing things that we've done to, to different listings. So we have so many different data points to look at. And uh, so we can see, you know, we did this on this date. We up, say, say the example, we uploaded a brand story and an A-plus content module to a listing that didn't have those modules at all um, on September 1st. Then we measured the trailing 14-day conversion rate again on October 1st. And here was the average difference in conversion. And you get enough of those data points. The other changes that kind of happen that just randomly change conversion rate start to fade away and you have enough of a data set to really say, okay, this is the impact that uploading a brand story module has if it's done well. This is the impact that uploading an A-plus conversion, A-plus content to a listing that doesn't have it will have. And you start to get really quantitative about it. And that's, that's essentially what we've done. Great.
Yeah. I mean, like you said at the beginning, like science and data and stats is, is key. It's, especially e-commerce or anything online, right? You measure and you improve. I had a great session. I called with Andres on your team. Actually, one of my brands, my partner, he loves your videos. He's talking about you. So I, you know, I, I chatted to Andres. He's, yeah, yeah. he's really, really helpful. Yeah. He, Andres is great. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, so there's listing optimization and like, you like measuring the data. Is there, is there a couple of, I know you have your formulas and, and your, your, you know, your sessions. I don't know if you want to give us a little sneaks, maybe some, yeah, I know we chat about AI or chat GPT or some little hacks that we could yeah. give some people for takeaways today on, on some listing optimization. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we've been because there's been so much like hype about chat GPT and, <laughs> yeah. and AI since for the past couple weeks, right? And so I my my initial reaction to this was okay, so part of what my team does is content to result that results in ideally a conversion increase. And between Dolly and ChatGPT and some of these other AI tools that are coming out as well, that a lot of them use the API of OpenAI, the production of content is getting easier for people, for anyone to do on their own. So, you know, I thought, well, it's my duty to like look into this basically yeah. and like really experiment with it. So we've started experimenting with not just like ChatGPT and and Dali, but also OpenAI's API True. that gives you access to some of their other tools as well. Like ChatGPT is just one of like dozens of, of different tools that they have access uh, availability to. This was kind of like their public like release, but uh, you can get way more granular and specific, like just working with their API. And so we started like experimenting with it and we're still experimenting with it. Like, I wouldn't say we have it figured out, but we've definitely determined that there are ways that, that go beyond the hype that actually make this like really valuable to sellers and really valuable to us. I think it's really going to completely change how the, the e-commerce space and the Amazon space works. I can go through a couple of the ways that like we've determined that it's really useful, like actually provides real utility. But before I even do that, I mean, I, I think that so far I haven't seen anyone make the claim or make the analysis or prediction that, that this will like fundamentally change our space. People seem to be thinking that it's like a hack or it's like a productivity like tool. I really think it's going to fundamentally change the entire space. I think there are going to be whole businesses that create a whole new business model where they like use AI to determine what product to launch, to create the content for the product, to launch the product, to adjust the traffic sources and the bidding on that product and everything else, where it's like AI is actually the skill underlying the, the business model of the business itself. And I, I haven't seen that happen yet, or maybe it's happening and just it hasn't been publicized yet. But I think that's going to be one of the major business models going forward. So I was like, whoa, okay, I can see this is happening. Um, and to me, it's very clear that we're going down that road. Better start to become an expert of this. 
And it's always a game, right? Because like you and I both know this, Mike, is that like you can't chase shiny objects in this yeah. game. You can't distract yourself. As an entrepreneur, it's so easy to do that. Like we both, you know, learned with our experiences, you know, when we were at the accelerator in Shanghai. But in a case like this, I really feel that it's as paradigm shifting as like when Google came out. Like I was like in middle school when when Google came out and they started teaching it to us and had access to it on the computers. And I remember being like, oh, this is a thing. You can just look up all information. So all that stuff I learned about the Dewey Decibel system and like navigating a library is completely useless now. Uh, and it was. It was useless from that point forward. I don't even remember how to use the Dewey Decibel system. Yeah, I haven't so been in the library in years. You know? And uh, that's. I feel that similar type of feeling now. And so I was grappling with myself, like, is this something I really should distract myself with and dig into? Or should I really just stay focused? And I made the determination that, no, this is something I actually do want to dive into. It's something I feel that, you know, up until now, the most powerful computer that you could buy was a human brain. And so learning how to manage and motivate and inspire other humans was the key skill in business because the most powerful computation, the most powerful execution was with the human brain. And you can get those fairly cheap, right? We all know we can get like a VA uh, from somewhere like the Philippines for somewhere around $700 a month, right? Some people can you know, go even less expensive than that. A human mind is actually not that expensive. And you know, it depends on the skill you get, right? Now I think we're moving into a space where it's not necessarily the case always that a human mind is the best computation tool for a given task. And therefore, the most powerful skills are not necessarily all surrounding controlling a human organization anymore or motivating and inspiring people. That's definitely part of it and will continue to be part of it. But I think more and more, the ability to control artificial intelligence and make artificial intelligence do what you want it to do is going to be a key entrepreneurial skill for every entrepreneur. And it's a complete paradigm shift. So yeah. that's what I started digging into. And, you know, at least at the point that these, these artificial intelligence tools like ChatGPT are at now, the critical skill to be able to control it is called prompt engineering, Yeah, where you, you learn to create, to, to write the correct prompts to get the type of output that you want. So we just started experimenting with this asking it to write bullet points in the voice of Mark Twain, you know, asking it to write, you know, descriptions of different lengths and things that are actually valuable that we found are asking it to summarize things. Like for instance, reviews. If you really want your listing to be written in the language of your ideal customer avatar, well, then you can take a review that's long and meaty and has a lot of character and, and, and spice to it, right? That's, the ideal customer avatar, say I'm selling to like middle-aged mothers. Well, I can take a review from somebody who loves my product or a competitor's product that's very similar that was written by a middle-aged mom and says all the things that she loves about the product. And I know that that review is popular because it's top voted, right? So now I know it's written in the voice of my customer avatar. It is... Uh, 
it rings true with other people that are my ideal customer avatar. And it says all the things that they care most about the product, right? So now I can tell like ChatGPT, for instance, to use that voice to write something else, or I can have it summarize the, the major points or the major benefits in the same voice, but shorter. And then I can use that content in my listing. So it actually allows you to sort of hijack the, the perfect voice of the perfect person to describe your product, which might not be you. You know, Ezra Firestone sold like women's like skincare products, right? Yeah. She's not a woman. He's not a woman. He doesn't use women's skincare products, but now he can hijack the voice of the avatar of the person that he, he is selling to. So things like that, you know, there are tons of things that we've been experimenting with, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you guys but, must be. but yeah, I really think it's a total paradigm shift, dude. It's crazy to start off the year like this with something so new and so exciting like this. And there's a lot of fear around it. Everyone's talking about, oh, it's going to take, you know, take everyone's job. But the good thing is if you're listening to this podcast and the, our conversation right now, that means that you're in the mindset of creation and, and entrepreneurialism and creating businesses. And so you're actually the person whose job can't be taken, but you know, somebody who does something that's very straightforward and that can be done by some of these tools. Those are the people that need to start, you know, getting more creative. Yeah, I would agree. You know, my big thought is, I mean, I've, I think, you know, I think we're on the same page with brand is everything. And I think when I I, I, yeah. I I want to register so many more brands, like I want I want to own as much IP as I can right now because I feel like I've been talking to friends. I feel like that's the only safe thing. Of course, anybody can create a brand, but I feel like brands that already exist that already have the trap traffic or trust mm -hmm. are going to mm -hmm. have a leg up because they're able to leverage this AI now. And I think it's going to get harder yep. to stand out later because there's you didn't have this first mover advantage before the AI world, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. we're on like the same page. We're, yeah. we're doing the same. I'm taking minority stakes and brands by making, making investments in brands that I think are, are on a growth path. Because like you said, the strong brand itself, you could do so much with it. If you suck at PPC, or even if you suck at like certain elements of content or conversion, or you suck at whatever else in business, you know, bookkeeping or whatever. Those are skills that can be learned. But when you have a really strong brand with a really strong character and really good products, like that's actually the rare thing. Yes. It's surprising how many, how many brands like get, you know, get somewhere on Amazon just through hacks and tricks and little ranking, you know, tricks or hacks uh, without having a strong brand. And uh, strong brands are rare. Yeah, so I think I think that's been my big takeaway with AI because also most there's gonna probably be black hat AI and there's gonna be white hat AI, right? So of yeah, course, yeah, of course there's gonna be the black hats that's illegal that can do bad things that copy copy branded products or copy branded people or but I feel like most AI people will use will be just like Amazon or Google they're gonna only be able to use the algorithm or the system that that respects IP and copyright and brands. So right. mm -hmm. that's what I'm just studying deeply as I study this. I think that's the the ultimate end goal. It's been a really, really cool discussion. So we talked about listings and we've got some tech 
tips and tactics on 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 using AI, ChatGPT, the voice of the customer. You know, PPC. I think also there's already been PPC software, right? That I don't mm-hmm. know if they call it AI, but now there's probably going to be they do. more. They did even before ChatGPT. Yeah. So I, I don't know how you feel about AI PPC or, or 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 just PPC in general. You know, like I know you you have your your amazing content strategies and and life cycles. We'll talk about like the harvest after, but you know, especially in the early yeah. stage of a brand. You know, what are your thoughts on PPC now and this year? Yeah, I think I I've known a lot of people over the past two years who have used AI softwares for their PPC. Like an example of that is Quartile, where you basically set your your parameters of what you're comfortable with up front and you just let it constantly adjust bids and budgets and create and, and destroy campaigns like nonstop. And it'll, you know, you'll look and you have no idea what's going on. Like there's just tons of campaigns for a single product being created or or ended at any given time. And I maybe will be there at a certain point in the future where the the highest performers are the ones with the best AI behind them. But that hasn't been my experience up until now. The marketplace for placements, PPC placements on Amazon is, is like an open market. And it's just like the stock market. There are people bidding different prices on different assets which are our ad placements so instead of bidding prices on stocks you're bidding a price to get the value of a placement which you know you can use to then sell products right that's the whole market there are advertisers and then there are placements that that amazon makes available and so because it's in a market like that it's actually controlled not just through raw numbers but also through human things because there are humans behind these products that are that are making these bids so just like the stock market there are like some keywords that are irrationally high cpcs cost per clicks and that may be because of some kind of market dynamic and we saw this a bunch in like the 2021 beginning of 2022 where aggregators were spending a ridiculous ridiculous amount of money yeah. to grow their their brand's revenue at the expense of their profit. And so there are certain categories where you really couldn't bid on the major keywords because it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense even for them. And we ended up seeing that because a lot of them ended up in hot water. Yeah, uh, Some of them went under, some of them had to fire, t- you know, hundreds of staff and because they yeah. didn't, didn't know what they were doing, threw too much money at it. So since it's such a human marketplace, my experience up until now, and this could change, and I'm open to it changing, and I, I will definitely adapt if it does, but my my experience up until now is that it needs to be managed by human beings, or at least partially. Like Automation can definitely be done, and there's lots of automation that can be done, creating rules, creating you know branched rule trees. There are a lot of tools that allow you to create rules. And you know, for us, we're an official verified Amazon ads partner. We have access to their partner platform, which allows you to create a lot of this stuff just straight up inside Amazon. And creating, you know, bidding, general bidding automations that have to be checked by humans. But in general, like the 
the management of the PPC overall has to be done by a human because, you know, like you just mentioned, how do you manage PPC for a brand that just launched? Well, that's dramatically different from a brand who launched three years ago or a product. Let's just say a product. The product that just launches any given brand, say it is the brand's first product, they have very different parameters around what successful PPC looks like for them than a brand who launched three years ago has 3,000 reviews and it's like been on page one for months of their primary keyword. You know, those are two very different scenarios with very different goals. And also the brand owners, in what's going on inside the brand owner's head is also a factor of how you manage their PPC. Are they super aggressive? Do they want to grow really, really hard? Or do they want to go more niche and try to just focus on these lower volume keywords and just really own those and make a small amount of cash flow from a more specific search, a few more specific search criteria? All of these factors come into play when you determine how to manage the PPC for a brand at, at any of these stages. So like for instance, that brand that just launched, most brand owners, when they just launch a product, the way they're going to handle PPC the way we handle PPC for them is like this. We focus a, a majority, really a vast majority of the ad spend on the primary highest converting, highest relevance keywords that have the highest possible volume while still being high relevance. So we, we're determining that upfront through really solid and thorough keyword research and then focusing our ad budget and our ad spend towards those keywords, not for the purpose of getting profitable sales, but for the purpose of getting any sales from those keywords specifically to boost the organic rank of the product for those keywords. So if I'm selling an omega-3 chewable supplement for dogs, I'm going to already forget about the keyword omega-3 because it's going to be way too expensive and it's too broad. So the conversion and the relevance of that traffic is too low. I'm just going to focus on Chewable omega-3 supplement for dogs, 100 milligram omega-3 for dogs, omega-3 capsules for dogs, maybe omega-3 capsule chewable for small dogs. A couple of key keywords from my keyword research that I know are highly relevant to me, have plenty of traffic, are searched you know, frequently, and are, are definitely going to convert. And I focus all my ad spend on exact match campaigns for, that, for those keywords until they start to, to really rank. And I don't waste any of my ad budget on product placement ads. Well, I, I will do some product placement ads, but not, not so much. But I definitely won't be doing sponsored display ads. I definitely won't be doing any DSP. Probably won't be doing too much sponsored brand unless I have a really solid video. Then you know that's that can help as well because you can put those on keywords. But a vast majority of the ad spend goes on, on ranking. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum and let's talk about that that, that company that's years down the road, right? And they have a solid ranking and a good bank of reviews, a good review mode, and they're selling well. For a brand that has a product at that stage, your priorities are very different. You're At that point, you're really trying to pull dollars out of, of the product. You can't always be dumping money on unprofitable PPC campaigns just for the purpose of ranking. So you, you need to have a drip to continue your kind of ranking juice over time. But there comes a point where you have to start to actually profit from these products, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, it's, you, 
you kind of transition through these phases of a product. And once it gets towards these, these latter phases where it's really solidified, really like got its spot, it's got a solid review mode and it's, it's really well-established. Then the game is really getting lean with it. What are the ad placements that are providing me like the, the most profitable sales? And a lot of times with a product that's really established like that, the retargeting campaigns can work super, super well. So the sponsor display retargeting can work really well. There's views retargeting, purchase retargeting, impression retargeting, and there's also sponsor display. There's sorry, there's also DSP. If you have a, a DSP seat or access to a DSP seat, you can do a lot of retargeting through that. And then you can also even do retargeting within sponsored products. A lot of people don't know this. this is one of the things that I was mentioning earlier that we just discovered through experimentation that we call self-targeted product placement ads, where you create a, a sponsored product ad with ASIN targeting, but you put the ASIN itself that you're advertising as the only target. Mm. So that means you know, you're trying to advertise on products, product listings, right? Not in search results, but you're only targeting your own product listing. Well, what does Amazon do when you do that? It won't show it on your listing because, well, if you advertise your own listing on your own listing, that's like inception, like nothing would happen. You'd click it and you're already there, right? So Amazon doesn't do that. It doesn't show your ads on your own listing. But what it does do is if you click on to, if someone clicks onto your listing from search results, and then they hit the back button on their browser to go look at other products. Now that they've been on your listing, because you were targeting your listing, the shoppers will see your ad in search results since they've already seen your product. Mm -hmm. And this can provide really low A-cost sales because it's someone who's already seen and might already like your product. They're just looking at other options. And they're more likely to see your option again and then buy it. God. So yeah, that's that's a cool trick that we... We discovered a while back, and any brand can use that. It doesn't have to just be the the latter stage brands that I, I was mentioning before. Okay, but, but yeah, and yeah, that's that's a little taste. Yeah, dude, thanks for this. Yeah, getting, getting, I'm sure a lot of listeners and viewers are getting some ideas already. So this is this has been awesome, man. Again, we're getting towards the end of our our session. So I just want to learn more about Sophie Society and 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 how people work with you and, and some ways people listening could move, move to some next steps. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is looking for like pros and from the scientific perspective to, to manage their Amazon advertising, we're definitely the guys. You can go to our website, sophiesociety.com, or you can shoot me an email at hello at sophiesociety.com to get in touch with us. And uh, yeah, it's a fraction of the cost of hiring a full-time person to do your PPC because we leveraged, you know, the power of the team. And, uh, and also if someone is just looking to learn more, or they, they kind of like the mindset or like what they're hearing, we're hosting an event, a digital event, a five-day event wow. at the end of February, from February 20th to February 24th. Cool. And it's called the Profitable PPC Challenge. So yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting last time we completely sold out we we hosted this back in september uh, we are pretty selective with the the sellers that come in we we accept one out of three sellers that applies because they have to meet two main criteria one is they have to be actively selling with some ad spend already otherwise you can't apply the things you learn and second of all they have to 
upfront say that they're committed to showing up every day to the event because that creates an environment where everyone is actively engaging and actively participating and also helping one another as well as learning. So if if those two things make sense and somebody wants to learn more learn more of what we were talking about today and more, more of these, you know, cool tactics and strategies, uh, that's something to check out. And uh, you can also find that that's ppcchallenge.sophiesociety.com if you want to check that out or you could search me on Instagram or LinkedIn. You'll find it right on my page. Just Chris Rawlings. You can just search my name and you'll awesome. find it. Great, man. Great. Thanks so much, Chris. Really, yeah. really, really glad to have you here again. And let's, yeah, like keep pushing the limits. Yeah, I think we all got to learn AI. You know, it's it's definitely it yep. feels like the new, it's like the new Google, it's the new phase. It is the new stage. So this is, yeah. I think it's perfect time to have you on the show. Like you said, at the beginning of 2023. You know, new year, new paradigm, and definitely like what you're working on and, and support. So thanks. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks, brother. Us. It was great. Great coming on again. Awesome. And thank you to our sponsor, our returning sponsor, Mercury.com online bank. Well, it's a real bank, but you can do it totally online for US. Our Blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're going to have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances, you can go to globalformasia.com slash Mercury. I also have a video tutorial that we use even for the Blimp people. I use the same exact video to learn how to use it. I hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there hi alvin i think he says we're doing a good job with these new little intros on video i got lights i got backgrounds i hope the microphone is good i'm talking louder i'm getting more excited and getting more comfortable yeah i've been in thailand now you know for almost half a year actually about a half a year and warming up actually there's so many more people coming on the show i just visited another production facility another marketplace we're adding new lot listings on to amazon from from thailand so we're going deep into thailand i'll just say that i hope you enjoy it but of course you can learn you don't got to be a buying or selling from thailand you can do it from anywhere but it's something i've been getting more comfortable about i'll just say that and we want to add some more values, more, some more things you can do if you do join us at Cross Border Summit this November. And I am just fascinated by AI. You know, Chris also seems to be. And we are realizing how much it's going to change everything. You know, I, some people think Google is going to be irrelevant in two years. I mean, do you think 2025 you're not going to go to Google anymore? It, that's a hard one to believe. But I definitely am searching less on Google. But... I mean, what do you think about Amazon or e-commerce or how do you find products you want to purchase? Where are you going to search? Where's the originating demand of a customer going to come from? How are you as a product or business owner going to get in front of those people? It's something fascinating. That's why I think most of us that I know are doing the right thing. I've been attending some meetups. We have some meetups also here for Major FBA and other e-commerce events here. I'm pausing, but I just feel like affiliate dropship SEO. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not as excited about them as I used to be. I, I don't see them being as important. And you might not like me for that and you might be defensive because that's what you do. But I think you got to think forward thinking 
all these middlemen between the product and the customer, are they going to be needed as much in the future? People looking for a product are just going to want the product, right? And they can get an information from an AI and it'll be more about the brand experience, the story, the relationship and trust of the brand to the end consumer, brand to consumer. You know, I have friends, I have experts, you know, many guests on this show. I think that's it, brand. You know, they say B2C, brand to customer, right? Not factory. Factories will be irrelevant too. It's brand to customer. And that's why I've been convinced and I've learned and I'm a student and I'm a sharer and I'm trying to share my knowledge, but I think it's all about that. We will talk about it in the next episode. I already recorded an amazing talk. I did a speech here in Chiang Mai at a meetup. We had a full room, almost standing room. I think we squeezed in more chairs into that room. But I kind of go a little bit crazy and I, I share a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff I've been studying, but I'll save that for next, next show. This is a wrap globalformasia.com slash 2023 growth. I just see so much disruption. I just am so excited. I don't know. I've been working so hard. I hope you've been working hard and we will be rewarded. I'm very confident we will be rewarded for our hard work. But you got to think strategically and you got to think about a lot of things becoming redundant and irrelevant and it's scary. Thank you and see you next show like subscribe whatever channel if this is on youtube i hope youtube goes away man <laughs> but we're on youtube and we're on itunes podcast these gatekeepers i hope the gatekeepers go away but we'll see take care bye-bye to get more info about running an international business please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com that's www.globalfromasia.com also be sure to subscribe to our itunes feed thanks for tuning in